Welcome to Fusion International Film Festivals, the podcast. Thanks for joining us uh, for our latest podcast, and I've got the pleasure to be chatting to Steve Snyder, who's a co-producer on uh, a short, but very interesting uh, documentary called Shot Down, Howard Snyder and the B-17 Susan Roof. Uh, and yeah, Steve Snyder is a co-producer who, who I'm, as I say, lucky enough to be chatting to. And no great surprise, there is a family connect, fam- familial or fam- family connection to this actual film. So Steve, welcome. Uh, congratulations with your short documentary. Um, I was going to read the synopsis, but if you don't mind, I'd rather you give us a synopsis. Okay. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be on your show. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Uh, the book uh, is about my dad and his B-17 crew. Uh, they were shot down over occupied Belgium on February 8th of 1944 by two German Focke-Wolf fighters. And the book outlines what happened to each member of the crew. It's just not about my dad. No, no, of course not. And it's also about all the courageous Belgian people that risked their lives trying to help them. The first half of the book or the story builds up to the day that the plane was shot down and the second half is all about what happened afterwards. So the documentary is based on the book that I that I wrote. And obviously that we know it's about your father. I mean, what was how long had this been gestating to even write the book? I mean, way back when at some point did you think I'm going to research this? Because obviously it's about my dad. And I want to find out a little bit more. And what, what, because I don't know what your profession was before this, before this, but what you were doing. But, you know, give us an idea of the timeline. Of, had this been thinking, had, had this been saying that had been on your mind for years and years? Well, growing up, I knew the basics of my dad's World War history, and I was always very interested in World War II. Uh, I had a 40 year career in sales and sales management. And I retired in 2009. And that's when I had the time to really delve into my dad's war history in more detail. And uh, I started doing all this research and my parents had kept a couple things or a lot of information from the four years. Uh, a couple of things are really significant. One was a diary that my dad wrote about his plane being shot down while he was missing in action. We can go into that. And then uh, the other, all the letters that my dad had written to my mother while he was missing in action and reading those were just fascinating. And I just became fascinated uh, with the story. And uh, three years into my research, uh, I just came to the conclusion that the story of my dad and his crew was so unique and so compelling that people needed to know about it. So I decided to write a book uh, and it was published in 2014. Wow. And that it's changed my life, actually. Uh, I was retired just doing this research, and now it's become a second career for me. I go all around the United States to air shows, signing copies of the book, and I do lots of PowerPoint presentations to all sorts of organizations. So uh, it's really been rewarding. Oh, that's brilliant. And I love, uh, when it comes to war, the Second World War for me is the most interesting conflict because we went from biplanes to atomic weapons in six years. It's yeah. quite astounding, really, isn't it? Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, so the film, I've noticed the film is only like 17 minutes long. It could easily have been an hour, an hour and a half, two hours. But were you just trying to do a snippet of what the, the, the story was about? I mean, there's obviously a conscious reason to do that. But why did you keep it a shorter length? Well, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, I've been to Belgium six times. The first time was in 1994 with my 
with my parents. And uh, that was a, a wonderful experience. But on two of the six trips, uh, we went over with, uh, it, it did filming in uh, 2016 and 2018 to all the various locations that are described in the book. Yeah. And we have had hours and hours of footage. Mm. And uh, originally, we thought of ma making a full-length documentary, but I've, you know, I'm not a filmmaker, and uh, we were really struggling on uh, how to put this together. And then it was becoming quite costly. Uh, so well, making is sadly. And uh, my son was an actor uh, in his younger years, and he knew a lot of people in the film industry. So he didn't know this one uh, film. Uh, documentary film editor and so we gave all the footage to him and we decided rather than make a full-length documentary we just do a, a short uh, to save money for one thing but also maybe use it as a, a, a trailer or a uh, an object that maybe we could we would uh, entice or uh, maybe get people interested in, in doing something more you know uh, ideally a full-length feature film or, or a miniseries. And so that's why we decided just to cut it down. And uh, Michael Mazur, who's the director of the film yeah. and who edited the film, he did a wonderful job of putting oh, yeah. all this footage together. And of the footage that we filmed in Belgium, we just used just a, a, a tiny fraction of all that film. Uh, but it, uh, it, it, I think it turned out pretty well. No, it did, it did come out really well, and it could easily be turned into a feature documentary, no, no doubt about it, but of course, like you say, these things take time, lots of money, um, and it's, you know, you need to, you do obviously do understand, you do aware, you are aware of that, but that that's the situation, isn't it? But I dare say, with the book, and obviously the sizzle, sizzle reel, the film, you've probably got your work cut out now anyway, haven't you? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, that's a lot. Lots of people who read the book say it should be made into a movie. Actually, it'd be better at a miniseries because, with all the people involved in the shot down story, it would be pretty hard to try to cram it into like a two-hour uh, film, feature film. Uh, again, because of all the things that happened to my dad and each other member of the crew and all those Belgian people that were involved. And I even found the German pilot that shot down my dad's plane and interviewed him for the book. And so it, it, it's, it's really uh, quite an involved story that would be better suited for a miniseries. And I can just imagine Brad Pitt playing your father. <laughs> well, he's a little short for my dad. My dad was 6'3". Oh, I don't know. Uh, I, think, I don't know. I don't think, I think Brad Pitton well, he's about six foot, isn't he? I, I don't really know. But uh, like, okay. growing up, uh, my sisters and myself, we always compared uh, my dad to John Wayne. He was that type of guy. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. And tell us about the, I know you said you've kind of got a second career, but how did it kind of snowball to the point where it became not necessarily a full-time thing, but a massive part of your life you know what point was where did you reach suddenly things really took off and how did it take off well I, I guess uh well I contacted I had a that 40-year career in sales and sales management so unlike most authors I had a background in sales and uh you know knew how to promote the book 
and I I just went on the internet and so social media and uh, contacted anyone who, who might be interested in promoting the book or reading the book. And I hooked up with a bunch of uh, air museums in the United States uh, to have them sell my book in their gift stores. And then they also put on air shows every year. So I started going to those air shows. Uh, they would sell the book and I'd be there to sign them. And it just snowballed. And then I started contacting different organizations to see if they'd be interested in me uh, making a presentation to their group. And that kind of snowballed. And then word of mouth passed around and it uh, it just uh, took off. It, it's quite amazing. And it's a, a wonderful experience. I meet all sorts of people uh, talking about World War II and, you know, the my passion is to try to keep the memory alive. Of, of course it is, guys. yeah. Of course yeah. it is. And, of course, there isn't many veterans left now, it saddens me to say, because we are talking about a war that finished 80, got 85 years ago. It can't be that long. Is it 84? Yeah, 85 years ago now, isn't it? Oh, 76. 76, okay. Well, I mean, yeah. sort of your math. Away. So, so that's still <laughs> a long time ago, isn't it? Yeah. You know, so it's. But do, I assume you still do meet veterans, though, don't you? They're, they're, they're still around, but. Oh the, yeah, yeah. I, I meet them. I'm also uh, on the board and past president of the 306 Bomb Group Association. My dad was in the 306 Bomb Group, uh, based at Thurlie, England, about 60 miles north of London, near Bedford. Uh, and uh, so we hold reunions, and uh, we have a few veterans still coming to the reunions. I'm also. I also go to the Eight Air Force Historical Society reunions. Uh, of all the bomb groups, and so we have a few veterans there. So there's there's still a few around, but uh, they're fading fast. At the end of the war, there were 16 million U.S. World War II veterans, and there's only about two percent of those men still living in their mid 90s and early hundreds. And you say there was how many? 16 million. 16 million. Okay. So wow. Yeah, that's not that's not many at all, is it? Of course. No, there's a maybe. 300,000 still living, something like that. And who, can can you pinpoint, you must have met some amazing people, but can you pinpoint anyone in particular that stood head and, above, head and shoulders above other people that you've met in your travels? My dad. <laughs> okay, that's a sucker punch. I was expecting it. Come on, you, you, you know what I mean. Come on. But still your dad, I know, but come on, who else? Well, there's no one I've no one that I've met who's had an <clears throat> experience like my dad did during the war. Um, that's a tough question. Uh, oh gosh, I, I can't really off the top of my head. That's you know what's going to happen? We'll we'll end this interview, and you'll think of someone. It's inevitable. Yeah, that's a great question. And then, of course, you know, meeting. Hans Berger's the German Luftwaffe pilot that shot down my dad's plane. And interestingly enough, he's the only person in the entire shot down story who's still living. Oh. He's 97 years old now. He lives in Munich, Germany. And fortunately for me, after the war, he became a translator. So oh. he speaks perfect English. And, you know, that's one of the highlights of the film is uh, little snippets from the interview that I did with Hans in 2016. Talk, just talk to me about what that because there must have been so many things racing through your mind before you met this gentleman. And, of course, he has a fascinating story. But you also knew he shot down your dad. So I know it was war. You know, that was that was the duty, of course. But even so, t- tell me about your emotions before your hand went on the knocker or that moment just before you met him, you know, literally 10 seconds before. Okay. What were you, what were you thinking? 
Uh, well, you know, all my dad knew and all the Air Force knew is that my dad's plane was shot down by two German Focke-Wolf fighters. And that's all I thought I'd ever know. But one day when I was doing my research, my wife, Glenda, said, well, why don't you try to find the German pilot that shot down your dad's plane? And I thought that was a crazy idea. She was she's naive. She doesn't know what she's talking about. But like a good husband, I did what she told me to do. And I found Hans Berger and I and I found out that the gunners on my dad's plane shot Hans down at the same time. They shot each other down. And he bailed out and, and made it through the war. And I was so, I can't tell you how excited I was to find him. Because World War II was the defining moment of my dad's life. There was nothing, you know, greater than that. And at one point in time, Hans' life and my dad's life crossed paths. And so Hans is part of my dad's story, part of his life. So for the book, I only interviewed him over the telephone and through email. Mm. But since then, I've you know been to Munich yeah, a couple yeah. times to visit him. But uh, he was pretty surprised when I uh, I contacted him and I started bombarding him with all these questions. And at one point, he said, "Well, Steve, you know, you're asking me all these personal questions, and I really don't know you very well. But I, over time, I build up his trust, and uh, we've become good friends. Uh, like you said, it was war. He said it was too bad they had to be shooting at each other, but you know that was their job." I mean, he was pretty much just like the U.S. or British airman. He was a young guy, 19, 20 years old, fighting for his country, trying to do a job and trying to stay alive. Yeah, yeah. And But even so, I'd love to know the the trepidation on your part before we met him, the, 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 I don't know, what you'd have the emotions you must have been feeling. I'm talking about physical making. Well, it was just mostly an excitement. And uh, I guess a little bit of nervousness, but uh, I I just couldn't believe that uh, I found this guy. And uh, just to try to learn, you know, more from, from him, you know, about his life and, and that day and to connect with, you know, with my dad's uh, experience. It, it was just just thrilling, absolutely thrilling. And and you said something a moment ago, which is of great interest. You said that it was the defining moment for you in your dad's life, which of course it was. The, sec- the Second World War was oh, it, it, it is such a defining moment in history. It really is, of course. And it was, I think these are your, your words, you know, it, it was the thing that defined him. And, and has your book been life-changing for you and if it has is then you can say that your dad's life-changing moment has been your life-changing moment with the book that's come out really well you know I never thought of it that way <laughs> but you're you're a hundred percent correct yeah yeah it, it's it's that changed my dad's life and it it, it changed my life um because my dad you when the, when the plane was shot down uh, a b-17 had a 10-man crew Two of the crew were killed in the plane when it was attacked by the German fighters. Then the other eight men bailed, bailed out. And then the book talks about what happened to each of those men. After my dad bailed out, he was missing in action for seven months, but he evaded capture. You know, he was hidden by many Belgian people, members of the Belgium underground for several months. Then he got tired of hiding, so he decided to join the French resistance and then started sabotaging German convoys for a couple months before 
uh, the U.S. armies finally came up through France after D-Day to liberate the, that area. Astounding, astounding story. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. So it changed his life. And uh, as you pointed out, uh, it's changed my life, too. I really enjoy what I do. And, uh, I don't know how long I'll keep this up, but uh, I obviously last year with the, with the pandemic, I couldn't travel any place. But now I'm starting to go places again in the U.S. to to make presentations and att- attend air shows. In fact, I'm attending one uh, this weekend, uh, about an hour and a half north of me. Amazing. And just finally, <clears throat> how have youngsters taken to this when you know anyone under say 25 are they interested well that's the big challenge uh of course you know the baby boomers you know sons or relatives of guys that fought in the war very interested in it but as you pointed out with world war ii fading in people's memories it's very difficult to try to keep that memory alive uh, the young people today, for the most part, have no concept of, you know, what it took, you know, for them to enjoy the freedoms that they have today. Mm-hmm. And my, uh, the the biggest thrill or appreciation I have for anyone who buys the book, it's either a World War II veteran uh, who buys it and tells me they like it, but uh, I'm always thrilled when any younger person and uh, wants or is interested in the book and wants to uh, read the book and learn more about history. And at these air shows, that there's young people as 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 young as five years old who purchase the book. So usually, whenever though they buy the book, I always get a picture with them and then post it on my Facebook page. So there are youngsters out there who are interested, but overall, it's a great challenge trying to, uh, to 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 reach younger people who are you know interested in what they're doing and social media and uh, and what's going on today steve it was an absolute pleasure to talk to you thank you very much for your time um gen- genuinely i've really enjoyed that and um the best of luck with everything you do best of luck with the, the book still and the film thoroughly deserved and what an amazing story that you're um your father had that went you know went down through your family it's just quite astounding so i really appreciate that well thank you very much uh thanks for uh, showing the film and i appreciate uh the opportunity to speak with you today and i look forward to my next trip whenever that is to both england and, and going back to belgium fantastic have a great day enjoy southern california and don't get sunburned <laughs> okay thank you very much take, take care and you bye festivals please go to www.fusionfilmfestivals.com thank you